Today we will be considering Baptist Catechism number three. The question asked in Baptist Catechism number three is, how may we know uh, there is a God? And the answer given, uh, repeat after me, or let's recite this together, rather. I see it, yeah, thank you. Let's recite this together. How may we know there is a God? The light of nature in man and the works of God plainly declare there is a God. But His Word and Spirit only do it fully and effectively for the salvation of sinners. I'll read now from Psalm 19. To the choir master, a psalm of David. Hear now the reading of God's holy word. The heavens declare the glory of God, and the sky above proclaims His handiwork. Day to day pours out speech, and night to night reveals knowledge. There is no speech, nor are there words whose voice is not heard. Their voice goes out through all the earth, and their words to the end of the world. In them He has set a tent for the sun, which comes out like a bridegroom leaving its chamber, and like a strong man runs its course with joy. Its rising is from the end of the heavens, and its circuit to the end of them, and there is nothing hidden from its heat. The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The rules of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, even much fine gold, sweeter also than the honey of, and drippings of the honeycomb. Moreover, by them is your servant warned, in keeping them there is great reward. Who can discern his errors? Declare me innocent from hidden faults. Keep back your servant also from presumptuous sins. Let them not have dominion over me. Then I shall be blameless and innocent of great transgression. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. This is now the reading of God's holy word. May he bless the preaching of the faith this afternoon. As you know, the first three questions of the Catechism are very foundational. In fact, the first six are very foundational. But here we come to question number three. If you remember question one asked, Who is the first and chiefest being? The answer given, God is the first and chiefest being. Uh, truly, there is no question more foundational than this. Here in question one of Baptist Catechism, we confess that there is a being who is above all other beings, and He is the source of all other beings, both in nature and in grace. Question two then asks, ought everyone to believe there is a God? And the answer is, everyone ought to believe there is a God, and it is their great sin and folly who do not. Soon we will learn that belief in the existence of God is not the only important thing for us to believe. No, we must believe the right things about God. We must also believe the right things about ourselves and our condition. We must believe the right things about the Savior that God has provided now that we are fallen into sin. But belief in the existence of God is most foundational. It is impossible to please God if we do not first believe that He exists. And to deny His existence either in the mind and heart or in practice is the root of all foolishness, the Scriptures say. Question 3 is also very foundational. It addresses in brief the question, how may we know? Have you ever thought about the question, 
how may we know? I don't know if you've heard this term before. It's kind of a fun word to say. Epistemology, have you heard this? It is the branch of philosophy that deals with questions about knowledge. How can we know things? This is a most fundamental question. In particular, our catechism is asking, how may we know there is a God? The answer that is given is brief but very profound. The light of nature in man and the works of God plainly declare there is a God, but His Word and Spirit only do it fully and effectively for the salvation of sinners. If I had to choose one word to sum up what is said in response to the question, how may we know there is a God, it would be the word revelation. We may know there is a God, along with many other true things about God, ourselves, and this world that He has made, because of revelation. And no, I'm not here talking about the last book of the Bible, the book of Revelation, but, but rather the fact of revelation. We know many things because God has revealed the truth to us. He has revealed the truth about Himself and ourselves and how it is that we can be right with Him. He has determined to reveal truth to us. And how has God revealed the truth to us? The truth of His existence. Well, two things are mentioned in this short little answer. One, God reveals the truth of His existence to us through the light of nature that is in man. Two, God reveals the truth of His existence to us through His works. And then we find this little word of clarification, but His Word and Spirit only do it fully and effectively for the salvation of sinners. When our catechism speaks of the light of nature in man, it refers to the fact that God has made man in such a way that man knows there is a God who is to be worshipped. And you have probably noticed this, that all men have this impulse to worship. It has been this way throughout the history of the world. Men and women everywhere feel compelled to honor a God. They pray, they observe holy days. They seek to order their lives in a way that honors their God. Humans have been made in such a way that they know inwardly that God exists. And you might say, well, what about the atheists? Well, two things about the atheists. One, it is my observation that there are very few true and consistent atheists who live in the world. In my experience, you will often find even those who claim to be atheists praying to God in times of trouble crying out to God in times of trouble. Two, those who are true and consistent atheists must work very hard to suppress the truth about the existence of God that is in them. This is what is described in Romans 1 where Paul writes, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. For what can be known about God is plain to them because God has shown it to them. For His invisible attributes, namely His eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world and the things that have been made, so they are without excuse. If someone is an atheist, either intellectually or practically, they must suppress the truth regarding the existence of God continuously. The truth that is found within them and also the truth that is revealed to them in the world that God has made so what is it about the makeup of man that testifies to the existence of God? Well, we know that men and women are made in the image of God. God created man in such a way that men and women may relate to God. Man is able to reason. We have a conscience. We know right from wrong intuitively. All of this has been 
distorted by the fall, of course. And as I have said, men do suppress this truth that is within them. But there it remains nonetheless. Man is made in the image of God, and I think for this reason, men, does have, men, does, men and women do have this natural impulse to seek God and to worship. So God reveals the truth regarding His existence in man. Secondly, the truth regarding the existence of God is also revealed in the works of God. Here our catechism again, the light of nature in man and the works of God plainly declare that there is a God. So then man inwardly knows that God exists and he also knows that God exists as he observes the works of God in creation, providence, and for some even his works having to do with redemption. God reveals himself in his work of creation. Psalm 19, which we read just a moment ago, says, The heavens declare the glory of God, and the sky above proclaims His handiwork. Day to day pours out speech, and night to night reveals knowledge. So God has made this world in such a way that that the world, the world He has created, the world preaches, the world cries out, the world speaks concerning its Maker. God also reveals Himself in His works of providence. When we speak of God's providence, we are referring to His governing and upholding of the world that He has made. So God created the heavens and earth, and through this creation He does reveal the fact and the truth of His existence. But also God goes on upholding this world that He has made. He maintains the world. And, and we can see evidence of exist, His existence through the, through the maintenance of this world. Uh, that He has made. So too His work of redemption. All men may observe God's work of creation and providence. Not all have observed God's redemptive works. In fact, very few have. You may think of the Exodus. Many Hebrews and Egyptians saw God's mighty deeds in those days. But their number was very few in comparison to the whole of the human race. Think also of the life of Christ, His death and resurrection. Those who beheld His glory were relatively few. Nevertheless, God's works of redemption do also testify to His existence. And we have record of them in the pages of Holy Scripture. But I want you to notice the limitations of these forms of revelation. What do they reveal? They reveal that God exists. Again, the catechism question and answer. The light of nature in man and the works of God plainly declare that there is a God. And this is why God's works of creation and providence are called general revelation. They reveal things generally. They reveal that God exists generally. They may also be called um, natural revelation because uh, these are the things revealed in nature that all are able to see. They come to all men generally and they reveal something general, namely that God exists, that He is powerful and worthy of praise. But that is as far as we can go with general or natural revelation. Lastly, our catechism tells us where full and saving knowledge of God may be found. But His Word and Spirit only do it fully and effectively for the salvation of sinners. So, we may know that God exists through the world that He has made, the light of nature in man and this world that He has created. Uh, some perhaps also beheld evidence of His existence as they, 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 they watched the Exodus uh, event or uh, the miracles performed by Christ. But how do we come to know God truly? How do we come to be saved and reconciled to God now that we are sinners? We must encounter God's Word, and the Spirit of God must also work.
One, we must encounter God's Word. God has not only revealed Himself in nature, He has also spoken. We have a God who speaks. He speaks through the created world. But He speaks in a more particular way too. Listen to Hebrews 1.1. It says, Long ago, at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days He has spoken to us by His Son, whom He appointed the heir of all things, through whom also He created the world. That's a wonderful little statement there. It begins the whole book of Hebrews. God has spoken in many ways. He spoke to Adam face to face. He revealed Himself to the prophets in many different ways, sometimes through dreams or visions, sometimes through an audible voice, etc. So God has spoken throughout human history. He has revealed Himself in particular ways to His people throughout human history. But the writer to the Hebrews goes on to say, But in these last days He has spoken to us in a most incredible way, a supreme way. He has spoken to us by His Son. The very Word of God has become incarnate, you see. God has spoken in many ways, supremely through His Son. And now we have a record of these words in the Holy Scriptures, which are the written, inspired, and inerrant Word of God. It is here in the Scriptures that the gospel of Jesus Christ is found. You are not going to find the gospel of Jesus Christ in the stars, in the trees of the forest, in the mountains. The gospel of Jesus Christ is revealed only in special revelation, the revelation of God's Word. And it is through this gospel that salvation is found. Two, now that we are fallen in sin, dead, blind, and deaf, spiritually speaking, the Spirit of God must also make us alive, must open our blind eyes and unstop our deaf ears, spiritually speaking, to enable us to place our faith in Jesus Christ as He is offered to us in the Word of the Gospel. That is why our Catechism says that his word and spirit only do it fully and effect, effectively for the salvation of sinners. Now, question 34 of our catechism will teach us more about the work of the spirit in bringing us to faith in Christ. It asks, what is effectual calling? It answers, effectual calling is the work of God's spirit, whereby convincing us of our sin and misery enlightening our minds in the knowledge of Christ and renewing our wills, He does persuade and enable us to embrace Jesus Christ freely offered to us in the gospel. So Jesus Christ is freely offered to us in the gospel. But in order for us to embrace Him, in order for us to see Him as, as our Savior and to perceive our need for Him, the Spirit of God must work. The Spirit of God must work on us inwardly. He must convince us of our sin and misery. He must enlighten our minds in the knowledge of Jesus Christ. He, he must even renew our wills so that we can turn from sin and to faith in Jesus Christ. This is the doctrine of effectual calling. And question three of our catechism anticipates uh, this further explanation. I hope you can see that the question, how may we know is truly foundational to all of life's questions. And it is clearly foundational to a document that's per, who, who has as its purpose to teach us what to believe about God and what is the duty that God requires of man. How may we know there is a God? Again, the answer, the light of nature and man and the works of God plainly declare that there is a God, but His Word and Spirit only do it fully and effectively for the salvation of sinners.